Hello and welcome to uh, the Three Worlds podcast number three. Ah, oh, it's cold outside and it's grey and it's raining and uh, it's kind of typical Welsh weather. This is Nick and I'm speaking to you from uh, Pembrokeshire in West Wales from uh, the home of Sacred Hoop magazine. And uh, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk a little bit about the magazine and uh, I'm going to talk a bit about pipes, the, the sacred pipe. So, I'll talk about the magazine first. Okay, I'm the, uh, the joint editor with my partner Jan Morganwood of uh, Sacred Hoop magazine. Now, Sacred Hoop is published in the UK, but it's an international magazine about shamanism. And we're quarterly, and you can look at our website, which is www.sacredhoop.com dot org and uh, have a look at us if you go to the uh, e-archive page on the sacred hoop website there are some back issues which you can download free of charge in pdf format and uh, the magazine is available as a uh, pdf download and you can have a pdf subscription to it and if you're old-fashioned you can have a paper subscription and we will personally take them to the post office and stick stamps on and send them to you wherever you are in the world. And uh, we've been going for, ooh, about 14 years, thereabouts now. Uh, issue 54 is coming up. We're about a month away from going to print, so it's kind of getting to be the edge of silly season. The last two or three weeks are uh, very busy. Uh, so we're not quite in it yet, but I can see the approaching dark clouds. <laughs> so uh, I'm taking some time out from selling advertising, which is not a job I enjoy very much. And uh, it's much nicer to talk to you people. So uh, that's why I'm doing this podcast. This is my excuse for having some time off. How sad is that? So... Uh, we'd love you to come and visit the Sacred Hoop website. Uh, we'd love you even more to subscribe or to, uh, to buy downloads of the PDF of the current issue. PDFs are £2.75. Now, that works out at about $5.50 US. And I'm plugging the magazine because basically it's just the two of us. We're not, uh, we're not supported by big magazine production company. We put it together as shamanic practitioners for shamanic practitioners. So it's pretty much a labour of love and we'd love you to have a look at it. And remember, some of the back issues are free if you want to look at us. Uh, basically, we've put up the, uh, the sold-out back issues as PDFs so that people can have a look at them. Well, we started off as a black and white magazine, then we gradually added a little bit of colour, and last issue we went full colour. So uh, we pride ourselves on the, the way the magazine looks, so it's lots of photographs. You know, we try and make it as visual as we possibly can. It's, uh, it's a good read, and it's, it's a good thing to look at. OK, that's the end of that plug. So, what I want to do... This, uh, the rest of the podcast is to talk about the sacred pipe in the Native American traditions. And um, before I start talking about it, um, I want to sing a pipe song. Um, this is a song which I always sing when I'm uh, beginning to do a pipe ceremony. It's a sacred song that was taught to me by uh, Wallace Black Elk some years ago. And uh, it translates as... Uh, 
Great mystery, have pity upon me. I'm suffering and I want to live the way of the pipe. Now, normally I'd sing it four times, but that uh, would take quite a long time. So I'm just going to sing it once. It's, uh, it's got a chorus and a verse. And uh, traditionally I was told that you, you sing the chorus verse in that order. So, uh, but I'm just going to do it once this time rather than the four times. So pick up a rattle and uh, this is how I start my pipe ceremonies and it kind of gets me into the right frame of mind for, for doing the pipe and because I'm talking about the pipe I want to be in the right frame of mind for that too so this is for me as well as for you to listen to. Okay, so the pipe is a Native American tradition. It's not really found anywhere else, although there is a pipe tradition in Mongolia that's a little bit similar. And historically, it comes from the Plains people, like the Cheyenne and the Lakota and the Crow and the Arapaho, people around the Plains of, uh, of North America. And it's, uh, it's a very ancient and a very sacred tradition. And I'd really like to stress, before I talk too much more about it, about the importance of the pipe to Native Americans and the controversy regarding whether uh, myself as a non-Native American should be doing pipe ceremonies. Now, a lot of Native Americans feel that the pipe is purely for Native Americans and they don't like anybody else doing pipe ceremonies and holding a pipe and working with the pipe. Now, the majority of the medicine people think that the pipe is for all humanity. And, uh, and so I always approach doing the pipe bearing in mind that it's, it is a sacred thing and it needs to be approached carefully and with a great deal of respect. Partially that respect is, is due because of the difficulties that the American government made for the native people and the pipe keepers in particular. The pipes were stolen, they were put in museums, they were broken. The pipe carriers were killed, beaten up, given a really hard time. And that ended, well, some people would say it's never ended, but it officially ended in 1974. Because before 1974, as I understand it, Native Americans were not allowed to actually practice their traditions. So, the pipe became a symbol of Native American identity, and now 
its tradition has spread to lots and lots of peoples that didn't historically work with the pipe, and it has become a very important part of Native American identity and culture. And that's another reason why I always approach it in a respectful way. For me, it's quintessentially sacred. There is no half measure with it. It is something that I never approach lightly. I try and work with the the prohibitions around the way it's used and kept. For instance, alcohol is never allowed around the pipe. And I do drink alcohol. I'm not saying that I don't, but I won't drink alcohol for 24 hours before I do a pipe ceremony. I wouldn't sort of dream of treating a pipe in a disrespectful way. Uh, For instance, a pipe is never put on the ground unless it's on an earth altar. It's never stepped over. There are lots and lots of things around that, so those are the ways that I've been taught that I try and keep. The pipe is in two parts. There is a bowl which is made of stone, and there is a stem that is made generally of wood. Um, So a pipe is made of this stone. It's, it's either red or sometimes they're made of, of a black stone, which is a black equivalent. Then the scientific name for the stone is catalanite. The common name for it is pipestone. I expect the Native Americans are really pleased that they have the scientific name. It's named after George Catlin, the explorer, and uh, he went to the, uh, the pipestone quarries in, to, uh, pipestone in Minnesota, and uh, he gave it the name. So uh, I expect that they're really grateful to him because uh, before he came along, they didn't know what to call it. So uh, thanks, George. And uh, so catalanite, pipe stone. It's a lovely soft red stone and uh, it's very easy to carve. It dries out apparently and I know that it can crack quite easily if you're working on it. Uh, but I've been told that uh, if it's fresh out the ground, it doesn't tend to crack. It's made, or you make pipe bowls uh, by by hand. You don't use power tools. And uh, they're generally carved in the shape of a T or an elbow, uh, like an L shape. Now, the L shape, as I understand it, is designed for unmarried men. And... The T-shape traditionally was the sign of it being for a married person, a married man. And uh, I've seen women's pipes, which are just tubes, um, and uh, they, uh, the, the tobacco is put in the front, and the stem is connected to the back. Now, the bowl represents everything that is female in the whole universe, and the stem represents everything that is male in the whole universe. And when you do a pipe ceremony, the stem is pushed into the bowl. And so you have the male entering the female and you have, in effect, the whole universe there in the act of recreating itself, sort of in the act of making love. And um, if you like, you can think of it as the sort of equivalent of, uh, of yin and yang. Uh, in uh, in Chinese cosmology, where you have uh, you know the, the, everything in effect that is yin, which is female, and everything that is yang, which is male, and that makes up the whole. And it's the energy of those two things that uh, powers the universe. It's inherently tantric, if you like to think of it in that way. It is the uh, the 
positive and the negative terminals of, of electricity, if you want to think of it that way. Positive is great but useless by itself. Negative is great but useless by itself. Put them together and you have a current, and the current powers things. And that's the way it is. That's Tantra. So you have the, the, the bowl and you have the stem. Now there's other symbolism around that. You have, for instance, the bowl represents the stone people. The stem, being made of wood, represents the plant people. You often will find that if it's a decorated stem, it will have feathers or it will have bits of fur or the whole body of uh, a mallard duck on some traditional pipes because the, the, the mallard is seen as a humble creature, it's humble before all. And uh, the person with the pipe should also be humble before all. And so you have lots and lots of things which of course also represent the animal kingdom. Now the human kingdom is the one who is working with the pipe and making the prayers. You have fire in the bowl, so that's another element there. You have breath, which is the air element. Uh, you have the plants, again, in the tobacco mix that goes into it. Plants also represent the water element in that respect. Some people will take the tobacco from a shell. I tend to do that because that's also bringing in the water element, so I actually put and prepare my pipe mixture of tobacco and a selection of herbs called kinnik kinnik and uh, I take it from a shell, take each pinch from a shell. So the pipe is kept separately and it is joined when you are actually going to do the ceremony and there are lots of different ways of doing pipe ceremonies but I'm just going to talk about the way that I do mine. So uh, first of all I'll get all the bits and pieces out and I'll put them on a cloth. I'll unpack a pipe bag, which is where I keep them in. And I'll pull out the bowl and I'll pull out the stem. And inside the, uh, the bowl, I pack sage, smudge. And I will take that out before I do the ceremony. And then I will burn smudge and I will smudge in the sage smoke myself, the cloth that I've put the things on, the bowl, the stem, the matches, the pipe tamper that I'm going to use to sort of push the tobacco in, the tobacco itself, my rattle, all sorts of things that I'm using in the ceremony. And then I'll sing that song, generally. And then I'll hold up the pipe, the bowl in my left hand and the stem in my right hand, and I will ask permission at this time to smoke the pipe. And I will say something along the lines of, Grandfather, Grandmother, this little one asks if I can smoke this pipe at this time. And the best way I can describe it is that you have like two magnets. And if the polarity of the magnets is correct, they will pull together. And if the polarity is wrong, they will push apart. And if the pipe wants to be joined, you feel like... The stem is the one magnet and the, and the bowl is the other and it pulls together. And you really feel like they want to come together. And if it's not a good time to do the pipe, then you'll feel them push apart. Now, I've only had that happen a few times. It's rare. But it does happen and you know that it is not the right time to do the pipe. 
and you put the pipe away. So, if the spirits want the pipe to be put together, you feel it, the pipe is joined, you push the stem into the bowl. And then I will say, the pipe is joined in celebration of all of the people. All of the people are the four-leggeds, the two-leggeds, the winged, the six-leggeds, the swimmers, the cloud people, the stone people, all of the nations, all of our relatives. So the pipe is now joined and I will take a pinch of tobacco from the shell and I will then offer that up to the sky, to Grandfather the Creator and I will say, Grandfather, thank you for this day. Thank you for my life. Thank you for the things that I have here. This little one asks in a sacred manner that you help us make good prayers at this time. Prayers for all life. And then I'll take that pinch and I'll touch it down on the ground. I'll touch it generally on my altar cloth that's sitting in front of me. And I will say much the same thing. I will say, Grandmother, thank you for all these things. Thank you for everything because everything that is comes from you. Whether it's plastic, whether it's stone, all of it comes from Grandmother Earth. And then I'll say something like, Grandmother, this little one asks that you help us make good prayers here at this time. Prayers for all life. And then I'll take that pinch, same pinch, and I'll offer it to the four directions, to the four winds. Aho, south powers, west powers, north powers, east powers. This little one asks that you help us make good prayers at this time. And then I'll put it into the pipe and I'll generally at that point say for all my relations showing that I'm doing the ceremony for all beings so that it benefits all beings. And then I'll take another pinch and I'll do exactly the same, offering it to the sky, offering it to the earth and offering it to the four directions and asking that they help us make good prayers, prayers for all life. And then the tradition that I've been taught with that is that before I put it into the pipe, I will pause for a moment and I will think, or I will feel really, who else wants to come and be in this circle? Who else wants to come and help us with our prayers and make their own prayers here? And I will allow that to come to me in a picture or a word or a feeling. And I never know what it's going to be. And sometimes it can be very surprising. Maybe it's the badger nation. Maybe it's the seal nation. Maybe it's the stone people. Maybe it's the ancestors. Maybe it's the buzzards or the eagles, or the hawks, or the butterflies. Whatever. I let that come to me. And then I invite them in, all those of you who love us. Not everything out there loves us. So I always safeguard. If I call in a power, I say, all those of you who love us. And then I put that into the bowl, and I say for all my relations. And then I get another pinch of tobacco. And I do exactly the same again to the sky, to the earth, to the four winds. I hold it up. I wait to see who wants to come in this time. When I know, I invite them in, all those of you who love us, and I put it into the bowl. And then I do it again with another pinch. So that's four pinches in all. And when that last pinch has gone in, then I light the pipe. Now, traditionally, I've heard it said that you should light the pipe with dried buffalo dung, a buffalo chip maybe an ember of wood, whatever. I don't do that. I use matches, 
but I light the matches from, I keep a candle on my altar. When I'm doing a pipe ceremony, I have a little brass or bronze pot and I light a candle in it and I light the matches from that. And I light the pipe and I take a, a, just a couple of puffs just to get it going. And then I hold the bowl in my hands above my head and I point the stem to the sky. And that's signifying that I'm offering the pipe to Grandfather the Creator to be the first smoker of it. And I pause for a moment and I generally make a little silent prayer there inside myself which generally goes along the lines of I'm offering this pipe to you and ask that you accept these prayers. And then after a moment or two I bring the pipe down and I then puff on the pipe myself and I send smoke to the sky and to the earth and then I face each of the directions and I blow smoke to each of those four directions. And then I make prayers with the pipe. And I always tell people that it's really important to say your prayers out loud because that way they don't rattle around inside your head. And I always say to people, you can rehearse your prayers and it would be really good if you do because as soon as the pipe comes to you, you'll forget them and you'll find yourself saying something quite different. And that's the truth. It's like that. And then after I've said my prayers, I touch the ball down on the ground and very often I will circle the pipe. I will hold the bowl in my left hand. The bowl is always held in your left hand. The stem is always held in your right hand. And it's very good practice not to let go of both. My pipe's pretty good. The stem fits into the bowl quite tightly. Some pipes it can be quite loose and it would be such bad form for the stem to fall out of the bowl in the middle of a ceremony. So as a safeguard, you keep hold of it real tight. So I keep the bowl in my left hand and I circle the stem all the way around in a circle until it's back facing uh, sort of behind the, uh, the bowl again. And that is symbolising that you're smoking the pipe with all beings. And then I pass the pipe onto the person on my left hand side if it's in a circle. And I, I often do pipes in a circle people. People come to me and they want to do pipes and that's the way I do it. So I will then pass it and it always goes clockwise. It's always led by the bowl and it always travels around the circle clockwise. And the next person then sitting next to me, they have the pipe and they make their prayers. A lot of people feel it's fine to smoke the pipe and they do. And generally I suggest that people light the pipe for the person who's got it. So uh, it, the, I will light the pipe for the person who's got it and then they will light the pipe for the next person. And so the person behind the pipe lights it for the person with the pipe. And they will say their prayers. If they don't want to smoke the pipe, I always say that's fine. No problem. You don't have to push people to smoke. I don't smoke anything other than the pipe. And... Uh, I know some people find smoking difficult and I think that's absolutely appropriate. I find smoking difficult. I wouldn't ever want to smoke anything. and uh, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I do smoke the pipe when I do a pipe ceremony. And eventually the pipe comes back to me all the way around the circle. And at that point, I then have to smoke whatever tobacco is left in there. And that can be fun because I never know quite how many people are going to smoke. 
So maybe it's nearly empty or maybe it's nearly full, but I have to smoke it. So I then smoke all of the stuff that's left. And when that has been done, I generally, well, probably before I smoke, I will generally ask that uh, the spirits hear all of the prayers that have been said in the circle, both spoken prayers and silent prayers in people's heads, because everybody will make silent prayers. No one's that together that their prayers are all going to be okay and they're all going to feel good about them. They're going to keep things back and say them silently. That's the nature of humans. But I then say, okay, can you accept these prayers, please? And then, after the pipe is empty, I hold the pipe up and I thank all the powers that I've invited in to help us. I thank Grandfather the Creator, I thank Grandmother Earth, I thank the Four Winds, and I thank the three special spirits that I wanted to come in, or that, in effect, wanted to come in and show themselves to me. And then I separate the bowl from the stem, and I put it down on my altar cloth in front of me. And I say the words for all my relations, and everybody in the circle says, Ho, or Aho, to me, acknowledging that I have done that ceremony for all beings, for the benefit of all beings. And then the person to my left will say, for all my relations, and we will all say, Aho, to them. And that word, phrase, for all my relations, will be passed all the way around the circle, and we will say, Aho, to each person, until it comes to the person on my right, and we all say, Aho, to them. And that is the end of the ceremony at that point. And then what I do is I clean the pipe. I have a, a metal rod which I push down the stem and I blow down it so I clean it in that way. But more importantly than that, I clean out all the ashes from the bowl and I collect those ashes into a little gourd and I put in any tobacco from the shell that has not been burnt and put into the pipe, any spare tobacco that's left over. So all of the unused tobacco and all of the ashes are kept in that gourd and if the pipe is just a general pipe that it's not specifically for a person's healing or for a specific event then what I do is I take that gourd outside and I have a special place in my garden and I give the ashes to the land there as a thank you to the land for having let us do the ceremony upon it and if that pipe ceremony has been for someone perhaps because they're sick then what I do is I make a little bag out of buckskin and I, I put all the ashes into that bag and I give that bag to the sick person or to the person who is there on their behalf and they then pass it on to the sick person so that they can have it close to them and it's a blessing for them. And then in the traditions of just about every ceremony everywhere we uh, have some food, we have a, a cup of tea or a, a glass of water or some biscuits or some cakes or whatever just just a little bit of food and uh, and a bit of social time and that's how we do ceremonies and I do that every month at least every month for people and sometimes much more than that it's a very beautiful tradition and every time we do a pipe it's different and I sing songs I sing that song that uh, I started and I sing other songs too because it's important to sing songs. I have to be in the right space to do a pipe ceremony. They scare me, I, I'll be quite honest with you. 
I find it very difficult to do pipes. And uh, just before I start doing a pipe ceremony, there's a bit of me that wants to run out of the room. And that's not because I'm shy or bashful. It's the power of the pipe. It makes me tremble. It makes me feel really twitchy and jumpy. And singing songs calms me down. And so I do. And this is another pipe song. This is uh, a group of us singing. And uh, it's a, another Lakota song called... The sacred nation must live. song the translation of it is this with this sacred pipe i go to the center of the earth to pray i pray for the whole of creation that all creatures shall live in good health and that the whole of creation be blessed i was very lucky to learn these pipe songs it came about in a really rather special way one day there was a knock on my door and I opened it and there was a guy standing outside who I didn't know and I invited him in and his name was Mark and he started to talk about the pipe and uh, he, uh, he got out a rattle if I remember right and he started singing pipe songs and um, he spent the weekend with us and he taught us and he was a very strict teacher, bless him <laughs> He taught us pipe songs and other Lakota ceremonial songs. He was uh, adopted nephew of uh, Leonard Crowdog, the Lakota teacher. And uh, Mark stayed and, uh, and taught us a lot. And uh, I bless him for that. And he was singing on that, that last recording because part of the way that we learned to, to teach the, or learn to sing the songs was to we recorded them. 
So, uh, uh oh, thank you, Mark. You can't just buy a pipe. It's if you've liked what I've said here, then um, the pipe maybe speaks to you, and uh, it's difficult. I mean, traditionally, you would be you would make a pipe, or you would be given a pipe. Nowadays, it's not so easy. It's hard if you're outside of the states to to uh, to, to to get the materials. Um, there are other stones that you can use. You can use serpentine, but I have heard, I'm not a geologist, but I have heard that serpentine has small amounts of asbestos in it, and therefore it's a dangerous stone to make into pipes. Now, that may be bull, I don't know, but that's what I've heard. I was given my pipe, or I was given the one pipe, and I made the other. It's cheating in a way, maybe, I don't know. I, I, but it felt right to me. I. I was given my pipe by Jan, and I gave Jan her pipe. And you can kind of say, oh, come on. <laughs> but for me, that feels important. I didn't just sort of buy it. So it's a kind of perhaps an academic difference as we're partners, but it, it still felt that we were honouring the old ways by giving each other pipes. A pipe should be blessed and awakened. Again, even if you buy a pipe or you're given a pipe or you make a pipe, you need to approach it in a good way and a pipe is blessed and awakened by another pipe carrier. There are different ways of doing this. Generally, the pipe carrier will do a pipe ceremony and they will blow smoke from their pipe over your pipe. I was taught by an Oglala teacher that uh, there's a sort of temporary ceremony that you can do if you want to bless a pipe and that is you leave it in a forked tree overnight and if it's still there in the morning you can use it but I would still say if you get a pipe and you work with the pipe find somebody else that will actually then bless it for you it's part of the lineage it's part of the continuing of the tradition pipe ceremonies are never charged for you do not charge any money for a pipe ceremony. But pipe ceremonies should be given to. If somebody is doing a pipe ceremony and you're attending, take them a gift. Traditional gift would be tobacco. Other gifts would be chocolate, would be some fruit, some food, whatever. It's a heart gift. There has to be an energy exchange. You give to that person. If you're a pipe carrier, the tradition is that anybody can ask you for a pipe ceremony if they need one. And generally, you say, OK. There would be perhaps times when it wasn't appropriate. You'll have to work with those yourself. But generally, you have to do a pipe ceremony for people. I've used the pipe in many ways. It can often be part of a bigger ceremony. For instance, in a sweat lodge, you can join the pipe before you go into a sweat lodge. It can be kept on the altar outside the sweat lodge, and then it can be smoked inside the sweat lodge and finished at the end of the ceremony. So the whole of the sweat lodge is within the pipe ceremony. Vision quests can be like that, so that the pipe can be joined for quite a long time. Other ceremonies, when I make drums with people and other crafts sometimes, people want to make them in a ceremonial way. So 
we start on the morning of the first day by joining the pipe. And that pipe is joined for the whole of the time until at the end of the craft making process and the objects are finished. I use the pipe at that point to bless those objects. So I will blow smoke from my pipe onto them. And then I will finish the pipe and take the bowl and the stem apart. Pipes are used for all sorts of things with healing. You can make prayers, obviously, that's, that's obvious. But you can also blow smoke over the sick person and ask the spirits to bless them, just like you would that they were an object that you were trying to bless and awake. That's part of the healing. I've heard of traditions where there are different stems, and so a person may have a healing stem. So if they were doing a healing pipe ceremony, they would use a particular stem to put into the bowl for healing few years back, somebody died in a sweat lodge. Wasn't the fault of the people that were running the sweat lodge. They did it fine. It was nobody's fault or spirit's fault, if you like. The guy was, was ill. He died. These things happen. He died in a sweat lodge. But you can imagine the two people that were running the sweat lodge were pretty cut up about it. So they came to us for the weekend. They phoned us up and said, help. And we just said, come over. And they came and they stayed with us. And we did a pipe ceremony. And we, we did a pipe ceremony for them to say what they needed to say to the spirit of the guy that had died. So we joined the pipe and we passed the pipe round. And it came back to me. And I didn't finish it. I passed it round again. And they said more prayers. And then it came back to me. And I passed it round again. And it came back to me and I passed it around again. I passed it around four times. And at each time that those prayers were said by everybody, the prayers became deeper. It was like peeling the, the layers of an onion until they really got into their heart space with this, this whole process. It took a long time. It was very, very powerful. It was very, very moving. And I had somebody put their hand on my shoulder. I felt it. 100% physically. There was no one there, in inverted commas. But I am totally convinced that it was the spirit of the person who died. He just put his hands on my shoulders. And I've had other things happen with the pipe. I've done pipes and I've been hit gently in the face by feathers. Totally, absolutely felt it. I had my eyes closed, but I have had feathers whipped across my face, just bang gently, like being hit by a feather fan. I've had incidents where, in a completely sealed room, there's just been a little puff of wind has come in. Goodness knows where from, but it's come in. And, and things have sort of blown about the room a little bit. It's very real. It's a very incredible tradition. And I, I hold it in high regard and with great respect. There are lots of different ways to fill the pipe. You can fill the pipe with seven pinches, one for each of the directions above and below, and the four directions and the centre point. The tradition that I learned came from uh, Evelyn Eaton, and uh, it was taught to me by someone who was uh, a, a, a very good friend of Sunbear. And um, I've also been taught by Aglala traditions, and I've learned from other traditions too. So this is another pipe song. 
this is a song that I also sing sometimes. It's a very simple song. It's just three verses which are all the same and then a fourth verse which is different. And it translates as, this pipe is sacred, watch out. And it's that's sung three times. And then the last verse is, the place where I sit is sacred, watch out. So that's a little bit about the pipe. Uh, I'm only touching the, sub the surface. It's a huge thing. And I'm sure that if there are some native people that listen to this, well, I hope that you don't find it offensive. I've tried to do this in a respectful way. I've worked with the pipe for a long time. I've seen it move people to tears. I've never charged for a pipe ceremony in my life. And uh, I think it's the most beautiful and wonderful way of, of making prayers. And I know that it is effective. I've seen the way people move and change and are with it. And I do understand the native sensitivities to it. And, and I apologise in, in, if anything that I have said has caused offence. But for me, it's a real and lovely tradition. And I like to give that to my people here because I think my people here also need these things. And at the end of the day, as one of my teachers put it, we're all just two-leggeds trying to learn how to be human beings. See you next time. <laughs>